podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Phillips Laven of the 1012 Podcast here. Have you been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I? Well, you're, you're probably right. And it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're going to ask yourself is, how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're going to need a hosting site. And if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. It's easy and it's free, which is great for podcast hobbyists uh, who aren't exactly expecting this to make a lot of income, especially starting out. Anchor is fantastic. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. It has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your show on listening platforms like we mentioned Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, it is totally free. It's fantastic. It is what we use. And if it's what we use, it's what we're going to suggest to others. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started with your podcast. Welcome to the 1012, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. I am your host, Philip Slay, and thank you for joining me today. Yes, we have been a little bit AWOL this week. It was a weird week. Holiday on Monday threw it all off. Trying to get guests lined up was a bit of a struggle this week. Wanted to get an episode out. Here it is. Got a very nice interview coming up here with uh, Nick Sardis. Going to talk a little Oklahoma high school football, specifically recruiting in the state of Oklahoma. This 2021 class is a nice class, got a lot of depth. I'm going to go over a little bit and talk with him about the situation regarding Dominique Richardson, the TCU running back commit for the class of 2020, who has been granted his release from his NLI. He's no longer going to be part of the class. He is back looking for a new school to play for this fall. I'm going to talk about that a little bit. Before we do, I am not a scientist. I am not a doctor. Um, I have a bachelor in fine arts in media, film, and video. I worked as a news producer. I work in marketing. I talk about sports for fun. I don't know anything. That anybody who tells you a definitive answer about what is going to happen this fall in regards to college sports, if they tell you with a definitive answer, they're full of it, back away. Because nobody knows. Because this changes all the time. That said, when there's smoke, there tends to be something burning. right? And there's enough smoke at this point for me to feel relatively confident in saying, I strongly believe there will be college football this fall. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what that means for how many games are played. I don't think it means full stadiums by any stretch of the imagination, but no one's talking about if football happens this fall. It's more about things regarding how it might happen this fall. Kansas State Athletic Director Gene Taylor suggesting fans could be required to wear masks in the stands, whether 
quote, whether we have a percentage of fans allowed, 20 or 30 percent or whatever that number is, if we let fans come back, masks are going to be a big piece of that to keep the virus from spreading. That's a, that's a positive. That is a positive step in the right direction. Iowa State has announced that they are going to allow fans in the stands. Okay? 30,000 fans for 2020. That's just under half capacity for Jack Trice Stadium, which holds 61,500. That's right now. That might change again. We don't know. Because state by state, school by school, this is all going to be different. I have a feeling there will be schools that don't have fans. I have a feeling there will be schools that have more fans than others. Iowa, State's t- uh, G- Iowa State has been talking about it, about how many fans they're going to allow. Oklahoma, University of. Football facility will be open on campus for voluntary workouts starting on July 1st. I think the season will start on time. I just don't know how the season will go. Will games get canceled because a player tests positive? Will they shut it down for two weeks and they miss a couple of games? I don't know. No one knows how this is going to go, but I think we're going to have some sort of football this fall, and it makes me very excited. We need football, and I don't, for a lot of reasons, let's be honest here. Um, We need football because college towns need football money that comes in from football. I'm not just talking about the university or athletic departments who are struggling, although some I think are using COVID as an excuse to get rid of programs and and. Look, if you don't follow Matt Brown on Twitter, you should. Follow Matt Brown. Subscribe to his uh, email newsletters. They're so good. He raises his point a lot. Adding sports is actually better for the athletic department than getting rid of them. Cutting baseball doesn't save you that much money. That's not the point. We need football. Uh, we need the distraction. Okay. I think we're all tired of looking at politics and stuff on, on Twitter. Um, I say politics. I don't want to see anything like we're dealing with in Minnesota. And I don't mean the riots. I mean what caused the riots. I don't want to get into that. That's not what this show is. This is a show about Big 12 sports. I think football is coming. We need football. Um, we need some some positivity. We need something to cheer for. We need something to be excited about. I think we all do. College football can do that. It can be something that's a lightning rod for us to, to come around and get excited about and raise some spirits and something to be excited for and cheer for. And we need that right now. Everyone does. Badly. Very, very badly. So I think it's going to happen. I'm excited for it to happen. I'm ready for it to happen. As an Oklahoma State fan, I need it to happen. I need the season to occur. Um, all that said, uh, I am very excited for Monday's episode. I know every time I tease an episode, it seems to blow up in my face. But I am excited for Monday's episode. I have my still trying them out new kind of co-hosts, Andy Mitts. Jamie Steyer on the show. Um, we're going to talk about fans, what that might look like. Got a fun guest lined up. Very excited for Monday, so make sure that you are uh, subscribed to the 1012 Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that's Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever it is. Make sure you're subscribed. You're going to want to have Monday's episode. I think it's going to be a really good one. Speaking of good episodes, go check out anything we've done uh, recently. We've got some good ones. We've got some good ideas and stuff planned for the future. Good guests that I'm working on lining up. So a one way to find out, if you're not subscribed for some reason, what's coming, follow us on Twitter, at 1012podcast, T-E-N, the number 12, the word podcast. Uh, you can follow. We have a lot of great stuff. By the way, ran a poll on there. The copied 
look, I ripped somebody else off. And I said, you know, the four uh, quarterbacks for 2020 in the Big 12. I did returners OU fans. That's why Spencer Rattler wasn't included in it. Let me just say this. Iowa State fans will win any poll that Iowa State is mentioned in. You could do a poll on best collegiate baseball program. And if you mentioned Iowa State, Iowa State would win that poll. For those of you who don't get that joke, Iowa State doesn't have a collegiate baseball program. Okay, that's the point. That's the joke. But seriously, uh, Brock Purdy ran away with it. Props to them. People are too hard on Sam Ellinger. We'll talk about that at some point this summer. I know we will. We'll do a Texas preview. Follow us on Twitter at 1012podcast, T-E-N, the number 12 word podcast. Follow us on Instagram, 1012pod, T-E-N-1-2-P-O-D. Also, when you subscribe, leave us a rating and a review. Five stars, please. Please. It really does help the show. The higher it gets in ratings, the more people find it, the more people listen. It helps us out. Positive reviews help us out as well. So if you just take a few minutes, write a little review down there. I will read it on air. It would be a huge help. Really, really appreciate that. Okay. So subscribe, rate, review, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram. Nick Sardis coming up after the music. Let's get to it. Going to talk a little college football recruiting with a focus on the class of 2021, specifically players in the state of Oklahoma. Obviously, with the Big 12, the the focus is always on Texas. So many players there. It's a state that everyone in the Big 12, even Iowa State and West Virginia, try to pull players out of. But Oklahoma has, I think, especially in the last few years, become a nice spot to find some really quality players. And I think the depth this year is really good. Uh, and that's why I'm very excited to have a uh, first-time guest on, Nick Sardis uh, from the Oklahoman, who covers high school football in the state of Oklahoma, joining us today. Nick, uh, welcome to the 1012, sir. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. So I started doing a little digging and a little research because my from the things that I had heard and my opinion looking at some of these guys, especially as someone who also covers Oklahoma State, um, it feels like this this class in 2021, while it's not as impressive at the very top um, – there's 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 six four stars in this class. There's no fives. You've had fives in the past. It's not surprising to see five or six four five star guys there. But while I'm not sure that the top is as wow as in years past, I do think the depth of this class is really impressive. Um, what's what's your kind of overall evaluation of this this crop of 2021 recruits? Um, I think there's a lot of talent in the state. You know, like you said, Oklahoma you know, typically has, you know, quite a bit of talent throughout the state. But I think um, from to bottom this year, it's just, it's very deep. You know, they're, they're really, uh, you know, the Oklahoma and we have a, a super 30 list of the, of the uh, top recruits in the state. And uh, we just put that together um, earlier this month. And um, that was one of the things when we were compiling it that really stood out was just, um, how deep it was. And it was really difficult to uh, kind of uh, choose one guy over the other and create that list. So just a uh, very, very talented class for sure. So I want to preface the rest of the way that when I, when I state star rankings and things of that nature, I tend to use 24 seven. Um, you can use their composite ranking, which is fine. I like to use their straight, um, their ranking from their guys. Um, I find them to be the most reliable uh, compared to like ESPN and rivals who do a good job. I just like 24 seven the best. So that's where we're getting 
this many six ra- uh, four star players and, and and how they have them ranked just just for the conversation moving forward. You know, the number one guy according to them is a defensive end Ethan Downs out of Weatherford. Uh, he's already an Oklahoma commit. Obviously, Oklahoma usually does a pretty good job of of getting most of the guys they want in state to commit to Oklahoma. Um, let's just start with Downs right off the top. What what is uh, have you had a chance to see him play and what's what's kind of your impression of him? I saw him play against Tuttle in the Class 4A semifinals. And, I mean, the thing that really stands out about him is he just – he plays everywhere. Um, he is He's being recruited as a defensive lineman and defensive end. But, I mean, for Weatherford, he lines up at tailback. He is an H-back, a tight end, a defensive end, a linebacker. I mean, he's just – he's all over the field. And um, he just – he really impacts the game, definitely. Uh, so for Oklahoma, they are the favorite right now to land four-star safety Kendall Daniels, um, and they have already landed the commitment of three-star safety Jordan Mukes out of Choctaw. Um, one guy I'm really interested in here and kind of your thoughts, four-star cornerback A.J. Green uh, plays for Union in Tulsa. Uh, right now, 24-7's got Arkansas as the favorite for him. Arkansas's got a few players in this class, Uh Eighth-ranked player in the state, Javen Hunt, running back out of Carl Albert. Uh, the tenth-ranked player in the class, cornerback uh, Kawan Parker out of Booker T. Washington. Why uh, Arkansas tends to usually pull a player or two out of Oklahoma. It feels like they, they've kind of put an emphasis on trying to pull some of the talent out of the state this year. Uh, what is it about Arkansas that, especially with a guy like A.J. Green, um, what is it about them that, that seems to be working right now? Uh, that's that's a great question. Um, why they're choosing Arkansas? I, that I, I really don't know. Um, not really sure um, about why they're choosing Arkansas. Javion Hunt that did kind of surprise me. I've heard Javion Hunt extensively. Uh, Carl Albert, Midwest City, um, terrific player. Uh, that it really it kind of surprised me that he chose Arkansas. So I'm um, sorry I can't ask your question on that, but um, <laughs> but but yeah. So. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, I was a little shocked too, especially with the importance, you know, obviously it's, it's, I get it. It's 18 year old kids. Recruiting is weird. We all as fans like to look at it and go, why would you want to, why would a talent kid want to go play for a school that can't win? But you have to remember the ego and I don't mean the ego in a bad way. I mean, ego of the ego of these kids is I can go and help turn this program around. Um, And that's something you want in a player. I always think like you want if you're a school that doesn't get top-rated talent, you want that top-rated talent to think, oh, I can be a star there. But then we criticize other players for wanting to go places to try and turn that program around. It's a weird catch-22. So, yeah, uh, talking about A.J. Green, uh, one guy I'm really interested in is, as an Oklahoma State fan. Um, obviously, they've got a, a couple of guys in this class already. Uh, linebacker Colin Oliver out of Santa Fe, who I've, I've watched some of his tape, is really impressive, very impressed by him, very excited about him. Um, four-star safety Ty Williams. Um, it doesn't have a huge offer sheet right now. Committed to Oklahoma State uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, and after that, he went from a kind of three-star guy to a four-star uh, number six in the state, corner 24-7. Uh, it's a guy that plays quarterback and safety for Muskogee. I- I've watched some of his tape. I'm curious if you've had a chance to look at him and, and-, and kind of what your opinion is of, of Williams. Uh, Williams, outside my coverage area, Tulsa area, um, you know, I've heard tremendous things about him, just very athletic. Um, I haven't had the chance to see him in person, so I don't really know him as much as the guys that are in the Oklahoma City area. But, again, I mean, I've just heard nothing but great things. Um, you know, when we were going through 
uh, the Super 30 list, he was a guy that we knew. I mean, this guy, you know, he's got to be near the top for sure. So I'm curious from you, uh, like we talked about, this is a class that's really deep. Um, I would say all the way down to maybe even the 14th, 15th, 16th picks uh, ranked kids in the class this year. You've got some guys who I think are going to be legit power five um, contributors. Um, sometimes you start getting that low and you're seeing more guys. And this isn't a, a knock on those schools who are going to play there, but you see more power, a group of five guys or guys going to schools like Kansas that aren't, that, that, that just aren't as good as players ranked there in years past. But you've got guys like Donovan Stevens out of Dell City, uh, Chase Jackson, wide receiver out of Choctaw, who's committed to TCU. Outside of those top 10 guys, uh, what are a couple of guys you think that have a real shot to, to, to maybe really impress everyone and, and go prove that they're better than maybe their ranking was out of high school? That's, that's a good question. Um, let's see here. Uh, you mentioned Donovan Stevens. That's, that's definitely one. Dell City. Um, Dell City's defense is going to be extremely good next year. Um, I'm trying to th- – uh, Rajon Tatum, also Dell City, um, another linebacker there. Um, those those two guys, I think, will only continue to get more offers. Um, those are two guys that really stand out. Um, another guy, you know, even though uh, his position um, – but Cameron Little, a kicker at Southmore, He's the number two ranked kicker in the entire country and the number five ranked punter in the country. So uh, he, he got an offer from Oklahoma State, um, Nevada, Air Force, Army, Navy. Uh, I think stock is only going to continue to rise. So those are, those are definitely a few guys I think uh, will continue to get more interest from some of the big schools. Yeah, really excited about Rajon Tatum. It's a guy as an Oklahoma State fan. I hope they can, they can land. Um, let me ask about you know, some of the, the offensive guys in the class. A lot of real, seems like a lot of talent on defense this year. You you go through the top 10, you get defensive end safety, corner, defensive tackle, linebacker, safety, safety. You get all the way down to eight before you get a running back, and then it's DT, corner, corner, and then wide receiver. So I want to ask uh, about Bryce Stevens at John Marshall in Oklahoma City. Um, he's a guy I've watched a little bit of tape on. Really really think he's a, he's a nice player. What's kind of your observation of him? Uh, he's electric, definitely. Uh, it seems like every time he gets the ball, he's scoring a touchdown or doing something amazing. Um, a uh, he, He's a great wide receiver, but he's also great on the defensive side of the ball as well. Um, he really uh, he returns punts, kicks. I mean, he does it everything for John Marshall. Uh, very versatile player, and he's getting offers from a lot of big-time schools. So uh, very, very impressive player. Uh, you you cover these guys, so obviously you talk to them quite a bit. Um, this whole recruiting cycle right now, with the pandemic, is just it's just unusual. Um, I I was talking, I was reading um, uh, Bud Elliott, as that's right, on twenty four seven, and was talking about basically the uh, up to May sixth of this year, the number of commits for the twenty twenty one class. Like you look at, is twice as many as up to May sixth in the last two. Like it's just. This is causing a lot of kids to commit uh, and without being able to take the opportunity to take their official visits. Um, I, I was able to talk to um, a couple of players and, and one of them mentioned like they still plan to take those. They still want to take those. Um, what, are, what are some of the things you're hearing from players as far as maybe some frustrations and, and, and concerns and thoughts that they're having with recruitment right now? Um, it is interesting that they are committing earlier. Um, 
I guess, I mean, you know, they're just, they're not able to practice. They're not able to lift with the team. They're not able to go to camps. Um, you know, that's, those are the things that they're frustrated about just being around their team and um, being able to, you know, work with those guys that they're going to play with. So, uh, you know, that's probably the thing they're most frustrated about just not being able to uh, proceed as normal, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, that makes a ton of sense. My, I think my big concern and, and the concern a lot of people have with, with the number of commits you're getting already is, are we going to see a massive wave of, of decommits of guys who are just uh, locking down a spot because they're afraid it won't be there if they don't, because they're seeing everybody else commit. And then we're going to have once visits are allowed again, we're going to see a bunch of guys decommitting and, and this cycle being absolutely wild, which is kind of what I'm, I'm afraid will happen. Uh, before I let you go, there's one other thing I do want to talk to you about. Uh, some big news on Thursday is that Dominic Richardson, a, a running back from, from McGinnis High School in Oklahoma, uh, who was a signee for TCU, has been granted his release uh, from his NLI. Uh, TCU, he was the first running back commit for TCU for that 2020 class, uh, but then they also they had also signed uh, Kendra Miller out of Mount Enterprise, Texas. And then, of course, five-star Zach Evans uh, enrolled in the school on May 11. That was some, some big news. Um, but we've, we've seen some rumblings about kind of what went down here. This is a little bit of kind of the, the dirty side of recruiting. Uh, they signed another guy late. You've got two guys going to be registered freshman running backs this year. So it's starting to look like a very loaded class. I've seen some rumors that TCU pulled his scholarship. Um, I, I think I've seen some other things that kind of make me feel more like it was a somewhat mutual parting of the ways between the two. Uh, I know this just kind of came out today, but I'm curious what, what you've heard about this situation between, between Richardson and TCU. I, I haven't really heard a ton. Um, I know, uh, you know, like you said, that TCU has really, uh, within the last, you know, few months, got two huge signees with Evans from Houston, uh, who's, you know, people are saying that he's the next Adrian Peterson and different things like that. So, um, you know, as far as uh, Richardson's situation, I just you – know, the news just broke. Uh, I didn't learn about it until today. So, um, you know, I'd love to talk to him. Um, he's a great, great kid, a great player. Um, but uh, definitely a kind of a strange situation. Uh, yeah, how much did you get to cover him uh, at McGinnis? So kind of, kind of talk to me about your evaluation of him as a player. Oh, he's <laughs> – I uh, covered him, covered him quite a bit, uh, covered his last game against Carl Albert in the class 5A title game. Um, he, I mean, he would take just direct snaps out of the Wildcat uh, a lot of times and just completely go over a game. Uh, very, very quick, very fast, but he's also very powerful. I mean, he can run you over too. So uh, just a very complete back. He's big. He's about six foot, six one, about 200 pounds or so. So uh, he can catch the ball out of the backfield. I mean, he's, I mean, he did everything for Dennis. Uh, Nick, man, this has been great. I really appreciate you taking some time to talk with us today. Uh, for everybody who wants to check out the work you do covering high school football in the state of Oklahoma, where can they do so? Oh, Oklahoma.com, definitely. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter, uh, Nick underscore Sardis, S-A-R-D-I-S is the last name. Nick, appreciate it again, and uh, hopefully uh, – Things will get back to normal. We're going to have some, some high school football for you to go and cover this fall. Absolutely. I hope so. Looking forward to it.
Social Podcast Network.